Good morning, my brothers and sisters in the faith, and good morning to those in the world that are not of the faith of Christ. Now, this episode I'm going to call, Are Catholics Christians? And the reason why I'm doing this is because this weekend is gone. I've been away in my hometown uh, down, down the south of England. And I met somebody who, not necessarily is a Catholic, but has Catholic ties. And I could tell by the conversation that a particular individual that she knows in her life, who's uh, a Catholic, who's very loving and very kind to her, you know, um, shows a lot of good um, sort of traits as a Christian within the faith. But sadly, just because the Catholic Church is, they say, Christian, doesn't mean the majority of people in the Catholic Church are Christian. Because of a lot of their doctrine they believe doesn't come into line with what Jesus spoke about in the New Testament. Now, Jesus, who proclaims to be God, who is God, you know, John 1.1, 1, 1, and God became flesh, walked as man, and went on a cross, the stuff that he says in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John doesn't go come alongside what the Catholics teach. Because you've got to understand a bit about the Catholics. The Catholics were a pagan church before they took Christianity on board. So Jesus was crucified by the Romans, and it was about 300 years later the Catholic Church took Christianity on in their pagan church, in their pagan ways, which I'll get onto in a minute. And the then Roman Empire became primarily Christian because it got a lot of faith, a lot of uh, properity throughout Rome. Now, for example, Christmas, is that Christian? No, it's not. Is Easter Christian? No, it's not. Because if you look at the history and you look at its roots, it's got nothing to do with Jesus and it's got nothing to do with being a Christian. Now, Christianity and being a Christian means you're following Jesus. You're not following the Pope. You're not following your um, bishop. You're not following someone's ideas in their own church. You are following what Jesus says in the New Testament, in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and then the rest of the New Testament through Paul, the Apostle, James and so on, and Peter, etc., etc. <clears throat> so as a Christian... If you're a Christian, right, will you remain as a Catholic? No, you won't, because you would challenge what they believe. So, for example, the Catholics believe in purgatory. Purgatory is somewhere where you go if you're not quite good enough for heaven. This is called works, right? And the sad thing about this is, in a lot of the pagan faiths around the world, right, they all believe in their works. I was speaking with a Muslim yesterday. And you just can't get it through to them, but their works are not good enough in God's eyes. You, you know, he keeps saying, well, you ask forgiveness, ask forgiveness, and you'll be forgiven. Well, asking for forgiveness and actually repenting from, um, from your sin are two different things. Repenting that you are sincerely sorry, and you turn your back on it, and you're walking away. Someone who keeps asking and asking and asking. A holy, righteous God, who's perfect and holy and full of love, cannot disallow you to walk away from the crimes you've committed, right? You've got to answer for the things that you've done in your life. But because of who we are, fallen flesh, we cannot answer. We cannot, sorry, not so much answer. We cannot pay back the crimes that we've committed. So God being holy, he demands a holy atonement for your sin. Now, the Catholics believe in that. They believe in what Jesus did on the cross. They believe in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They believe in all that stuff. But when you get to the root cause of Catholicism, they're not in line with Scripture. And God's Word, which is a holy book Bible, is the par <coughs> excuse me, 
is the top of the tree. It's the authoritarian word. What he says goes. I can't think of the proper word, but it's the number one book. But the Catholics have their own version of the Bible, which the Pope and all the other so-called great men in history in the Catholic Church writ and basically made up their own version of the Bible. Um, I can't remember what they call it now. But anyway, you can look at this up for yourself. The, the Catholics will tell you they've got their own version of the Bible and then they've got the Holy Bible. So, for example, they say Mary is the mother of God. No, she's not. Mary was a, a vessel to bring God into the world. Yes, she was the mother of Jesus, right? And God came down into the, um, what do you call it, uh, lightness of flesh, which was Jesus. So to get your head around that, so God is in the heavens. The Father, Son are in the heavens with the Spirit, right? Jesus comes down into fleshly form, into a vessel, i.e. Mary, who produces a child of the flesh of this world. So she's a mother of the flesh. She's not mother of God. And this is what they don't understand. And this is what they don't sort of separate. And so to understand that, you've got to be walking with the Lord. You've got to be born again, as Jesus says in John 3, 5. And when you, once you become a real born again believer, you're not going to be part of the Catholic Church. Why would you want to be part of the church? You know, because you would question the things that they teach. And then you'd be told that either like it or get out. You know, the Lord told me when I first got saved, do not condemn the Catholics. And the reason why I said that is because there are Christians within that church. And I'm, I'm going to say this now. In the early days of the, of the Catholic Church, when they really took Christianity on, I can honestly say, and I know in my spirit, that these were real born-again believers, right? But over the years, over the thousand years, two thousand years, right, it's become corrupt. And it's one of the most corrupt churches in the world, the Catholic Church. I mean, in some countries... The stuff that I've heard that they do in the Catholic Church is totally pagan, right? So if you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to entertain anything to do with the Catholic Church. You just won't be in there because the Lord is not going to keep you in there, you know? So, yes, they believe in Jesus. They believe in the Father, the Trinity. They believe because it's, uh, the Trinity is in the Bible. It's in the beginning. It's in Genesis 2. You know, when the Father said, let's make them in our image, who's the Father talking to? I've never heard anyone answer that question, ever. Who is the Father talking to? He's talking to his Son and the Holy Spirit. There's the Trinity. The word Trinity is not there, but it's there in Genesis 2. These people are just deceived. They're not, they can't see it. And the Lord talks about this, that it will just confuse the minds of these people, because their hearts are not for him. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 and on, right? It talks about what God will do to these people, because they're not for him. They're for something else, like the Mormons and Jehovah's. They're not Christians. Right? They think they're Christians, they're not. And when you get to the root core of their beliefs, like the Jehovah's believe that they can pray for the dead and resurrect the dead, even though they weren't in Christ, no, that's from the devil. You can't do that. The Mormons believe that they're going to become like God, that they will become gods. right? So this is what Satan said to Eve in the garden. If you eat the fruit, your eyes will be opened, you'll become like God. You know, It's just all deception. Right, and the Catholics, a lot of the Catholics are very deceived people. Right, like I said, if you're a born again believer, which is you following Jesus, you won't have anything to do. And it doesn't mean if you know Catholics yourself, right, that are they say they love Jesus. I mean, I've met people say, Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Well, that's great, you believe, but are you born again? Because when you listen to Jesus, I spoke to Catholics before, and you, you say, Are you born again? No, I was christened as a baby. Well, where does it say in the Bible that you should christen a baby? It doesn't. You see, but this is what they believe. 
It doesn't matter what you believe. It's what the Bible says. It's what God's word says. If God says jump, you jump. If he says you run 10 miles in 10 minutes, you run 10 miles in 10 minutes. What I'm trying to get at is it's what he says goes, not what the Pope says, not what I say, not what the bishop says. As a Christian evangelist, I'm proclaiming what he said. That's the biggest part of my ministry, right? And if you're a, you say you're a Catholic and you say you love Jesus so much, then why don't you do what he tells you to do? And then I normally get angry reactions from that. Right, and so you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I do, because you say that you love Jesus, but actually, in fact, you listen to the Pope, and you, you think the Pope's going to save you. You think because you're Christian as a child, and you're brought into that church, that you're saved. Well, where does it say that? It doesn't. I've got a lot of sad news for the Catholics. If you die as a Catholic, and you're not born again of war and spirit, you cannot be in heaven. You will go to hell. You don't go to purgatory. Purgatory does not exist. That's what they believe. Again, it's a place where you go for a time, you work off your bad deeds, that's works-based salvation. Sorry, pal, you can't do it, right? You repent of your sin, you follow Jesus, and you do what he tells you to do. You will go through persecution and suffering on this earth, that's all part of your war. But he also will bless you and take care of you if you stay focused on him. You know, the emphasis is on Jesus and what he said. This is the embodiment of God. You know, sometimes when I meditate about this, right, imagine walking down the street and you bumped into Jesus. Right, I'll be flat on my face because he is... He is the Alpha and the Omega. You just know it. There's a um a film, 1956, called Judah Ben-Hur, right? Old classic with Charlton Heston. And when you watch that bit where Charlton Heston's been taken off as Ben-Hur, you know, to, into slavery, and he comes across Jesus, and the guard tries to challenge Jesus, he looks so confused. Yeah, because this is God. <laughs> this is the Alpha and the Omega, the creator of all things. And you just wouldn't know who you are. But you notice he doesn't hurt him, right? He just confuses him, you know? Because you have a free will and so on. Um, but yeah, I just want to do this quickly for someone because, you know, I've met a lot of Catholics that are, they seem like nice people, but very arrogant, right? And arrogance will stop you from getting to heaven. And that's the biggest thing I've noticed in Catholicism is arrogance, that they think they know everything because they've been going to a church for 20 years. They're part of the Catholic family, which in my eyes is a cult, right? A massive cult, right? They've got a big belief system. They're under the impression they're going to get to heaven via the Pope because the Pope is on the same level as Jesus. I mean, he's even in spoken too much pot, right? They're all literally living on another planet because you're nowhere near him. Jesus was perfect. The Pope is far from perfect. He's a sinner, right? All flesh is sinful, Paul said this in the book of Romans, all flesh is sinful. Jesus came into the likeness of flesh. Jesus was not sinful. And that's, there's a reason for that. So, being a Catholic is the question, are you going to be saved? If you're a Catholic and God knows you can save you, he's going to bring you to a point where you are born again, a war in spirit. And what that says in John 3, 5 is, as an adult, right, as someone who has a free will, you have to take yourself to water, give your life to God, repent of your sin, and then the Holy Spirit enters you. He, the Holy Spirit cannot enter you unless you're born again of water. Right? That's the end of it. I've seen it firsthand. I've baptized someone in the sea, and within 24 hours they received the Holy Spirit. And trust me, when they received the Holy Spirit, they completely changed. This was a soldier who was through suffering of PTSD, mental health issues, same thing. Um, full of a lot of drink and drugs in this veteran's place that I was put in to preach the gospel, right? And within 24 hours of him giving his life to God and being baptized in water, 
right? He received the Holy Spirit, and this guy was a complete change around. There's no more mental problems, no more sickness. He looked completely suited and booted. His flat was perfect. The girls in the office could not believe this was the same guy that has been doing this for 10 years. On drugs all the time, violent behaviour. God had made a complete turnaround in his life. That's the power of God. God can heal anyone. I've seen God heal soldiers that have suffered greatly from PTSD. It's amazing. But that's what happens if you sincerely chase after Jesus and you sincerely repent and you become born again of water, being baptised in water, and then you're baptised in the spirit, you're in. You're in the family. Then would you have anything to, more to do with the Catholic Church? Well, not really, because it's just religion. And you'd go there and you'll be around people that wear these fantastic aprons, but you'll see them, they're spiritually dead. They're just people doing things in the world. You just wouldn't want to be there. Because I've never come across a church, Catholic church, that's spiritually filled, never, not once, because of what they teach. Mary, for example, Mary was a vessel for the Lord to come into this world. Mary's not the mother of God. Mary's not holy and divine. They say Mary is holy and divine and perfect. Really? Where does it say that in the word? Because Mary herself said in Luke 1, verses 45 to 46, I need a saviour. So Mary, the mother of God, said, I need a saviour. So if she's holy and perfect and the mother of God, then why is she saying that? You see? And when you start reading the word of God, it contradicts what all these denominations believe. When I say denominations, you've got the Catholic Church, you've got the Mormons, you've got Jehovah's, you've got all these things that claim to be Christians. But when you read the word and you listen to what they teach... It doesn't coincide. It doesn't make any sense because the Spirit will show you as you're reading it. So, I just thought I had to do that quickly for someone that I met on, um, when was it? I think it was Friday. It was amazing, really. And the Lord brought me to a woman and um, she needed to hear the word of God. And it was just fantastic. I love it when things like that happen. Um, and I really pray for her that she will be brought to the Lord and just to understand that, you know, if you know people that are Catholics, that's fantastic. If you've been baptised as a baby, Christian they call it, I'm sorry it's not biblical. Because people think being christened as a baby, and I've met this countless times, oh yeah, I was christened as a baby, I'm Christian. No, no you're not. You're a Catholic. So the, the, Christ, the, the baby christening thing comes from the Catholics. It's not even in the Bible, right? They actually took it from the Hebrews, basically before Jesus, the Messianic law of Moses. On the eighth day, the baby had to be circumcised, right? So the foreskin was cut off. So they removed that and made their own version of it, which is basically putting water over the baby's head and saying a few prayers in the name of Jesus. Yeah, well, that's great. You're bringing the baby on God's radar, right? But the baby has a free will. The baby's not responsible for future sins. If the baby dies or a child dies, they go to heaven, yes. But when the child comes of age and has a free will and he says, right, I've had enough. I'm not going to be following you anymore. I want to go off to Islam or go somewhere else, then he has a free will to do that. But if that person dies, they go to hell, because they rejected God. But this notion, once you're saved in the church and christened, you're going to heaven, it doesn't say this in the Word. That's a lie from the devil. So you're christened as a baby, fantastic, you're part of the club. But when you get older, if you turn around and say, Jesus, I want to be in the family, I don't want to go to hell, I want to repent of my sin, I, I know what I've done wrong, please, will you forgive me? He'll forgive you. And then you become born again, which is what Jesus was saying in John 3, 5, to adults, talking to people. It's a free will choice. And then you are baptised in water and in the spirit, you are in the family then. But not because you've been christened. That's a lie from the devil, again.
So I'm not going to talk too much about this now because I've covered all the main things. So being christened is not biblical. You know, Mary is not the mother of God. That's not biblical, right? She, she herself says, I'm not perfect. I need a saviour. Luke 1 verses 45 to 46. You know, she needs a saviour. You know, purgatory doesn't exist. You don't, it's not a safe, purgatory is a safety net. Sorry, pal, you go to hell. Hell is a prison. You go there to be held before judgment day. Torment lies in the lake of fire if you get there. So if you, when you go to hell, you are held there in prison. You go before God for judgment in the future, a time he sees fit. And then you're thrown into the lake of fire and you, that's it. You just suffer forever. You don't disintegrate, which again, they believe it's a time of suffering and cleansing. No, it's not. You're in there. You don't get out. Satan, the fallen angels, and you will be thrown in there and you're forgotten. It talks about the second death in Revelation. The second death is you are eternally cut off from the Father. That means you are thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is forgotten about, right, forever. Because you have walked with Satan and you live in sin. Purgatory is a lie from the devil again. It's bringing, what it does is it, it brings people to a point where they think they're secure and they can live in sin and do what they want. No, you won't. You'll go to hell. You're born again or you go to hell. End of. You do what Jesus tells you to do. And this is my final word to all of you. If you're a Catholic, a Methodist, I don't care what denomination you're part of. If you're not born again of water and spirit, what Jesus says in John 3, 5, you are not going to heaven, paradise, whatever you want to call it. You will not go to heaven. If you're born again of water and spirit and you keep your eyes on the Lord, no matter what you go through, he'll be there for you and you will be there at the end in eternity. Otherwise, you will go to hell. So do what Jesus tells you to do in the New Testament, in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Especially in John 3, 5, you must be born again of water and spirit to enter the kingdom of God, right? Listen to that very carefully in the book of John 3, John chapter, John chapter 3, verse 5. Listen to what he says. That's what matters. What the Pope says and what bishops say and what pastors say are irrelevant. Because their job is to point you to the Bible and do what Jesus tells you to do. That's it. Let me pray. Father... I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, for the people out there that are a bit confused about the Catholic Church. Lord, you told me not to condemn them. Absolutely, Father. Because there are people in there that love you, Lord, but they're caught up in the system, in the religious system that it is. But, Lord, you, I pray for these people to have a real relationship with you, Lord. Right To do what you say, Lord, in John 3, 5, that you, we must be born again of water and spirit, Father. And then once they're born again, Lord, of the Spirit and actually spiritually filled, Lord, they won't want to be in part of that church anyway. They just want to have a relationship with you. And I pray for all the Catholics in there that listen to this, to understand that what you say in your word is paramount over everything else on this earth. I pray for them to have a divine understanding, Lord, and be saved in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Good evening, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good evening to those in the world that are not of Christ. So this will be a second part of Are Catholics Christians? So I may or may not cover things I've already covered, but I was uh, driving back from the south of England, um, back up to where I'm living in the northeast, and after my uh, weekend away, I uh, and I mentioned in the first part of this that I was uh, introduced um, to a woman, who clearly has uh, questions regarding Christianity and she's, she wants to know who the true living God is and 
You know, she's uh, she's she's someone that was very interesting. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet her, and it was a pleasure to tell her about the gospel, tell her about Jesus and what he did on the cross, and how important it is to be born again. It's what Jesus says in John chapter three, verse five. Very important um, that people pay attention to that, because without being born again of water and spirit, and Jesus was talking to people, he was talking to adults, um, because you have a free will to choose to repent to God or not, and if you don't, if you don't repent of your sin, uh, which is a free will act then when you die, your soul goes to hell, which is a prison, and then you go before God on Judgment Day, like you would if you were to commit a crime in the street, you would be held in remand in custody until your court date, and then you have to give an account to the judge, which is the king of the universe, Jesus. Now, um, when I mentioned in here about the Catholics, are Catholics Christians? There are Christians within the Catholic Church, but if you automatically think being a Catholic makes you Christian, you're very much mistaken. That's not the case at all. A lot of people are under the impression that being Christian as a baby, you are automatically saved, that you're in the Catholic Church, you're automatically a Christian, that if you die, you go to heaven. Uh, this is not true. Scripture doesn't say this. And the Catholics get their ideas and their beliefs from the Bible. They've twisted and turned a lot of things, which I mentioned in the first part, that Mary is the mother of God. No, Mary was the vessel that brought God into the world in the likeness of flesh. Yes, she's a mother, as in the fleshly form mother of mother in Jesus, but she's not the mother of God. So they don't understand that, and if they do, they've twisted it, which the devil does fantastic. The devil is a father of lies, as Jesus mentions in John 8. Um, so there's a lot of things that they don't either fully understand or they twisted to try and get people to think that because you're a Catholic, that you're automatically got access to heaven via the Pope. This is just a complete lie from the devil. That is not biblical, and that's not what the Holy Bible says. Jesus is the one you take orders from. You don't take orders um, from the Pope. You don't take orders from a bishop. You know, their job is to point you to Jesus. Now, some of the things they teach, you could say, okay, that's what the Bible says. But there's other things that they teach. It's not what the Bible says. Like I said, I mentioned before, Mary... Is not the mother of God. Mary herself said in Luke 1 verses 44 to 46. I said 45 yesterday to 46. But just to bring a bit more in. Um, she said herself, I need a saviour. And if Mary was that holy and divine and perfect, she wouldn't say, I need a saviour. You see, so it doesn't make any sense. When you start reading the word of God, this was way was around way before the New Testament was around about 300 years before the Catholic Church even took it on board. And the Catholic Church was totally pagan. This is where you get Christmas and you get Easter. These are all pagan festivals. Jesus was even born on December 25th. He's born in September, October, during the Feast of Tabernacles you know, in Israel. So when you start looking at the history and the truth of it, you know, people have said that to they've gone, what? And they've gone, yeah. Christmas has got nothing to do with Jesus at all. What they've done is the Catholics, they've incorporated something pure into filth, which is their pagan church, and then they try to somehow justify that it's okay to incorporate a holy living God who's perfect into utter filth, and that's what Christmas is all about. Now, obviously, if you celebrate Christmas and you don't know the truth, and, you know, it's really difficult. I don't envy people that are Christians that have kids because it's really difficult. And God's not going to condemn kids for celebrating Christmas because they don't know the difference. You know, it's us adults that they need to tell them and understand that Christmas and its origins, it's some of the stuff that's been involved in is wicked. 
and as an evangelist I have to tell people this and then it's down to your own personal choices what you do from that point on but if you love Jesus so much you'll stand by Jesus and you'll reject these things of the world because the word says you're from the world but you're not of it anymore you're a child of the most high so you've got to do things as a Christian would do now the reason why I've done the second part is because I was watching something yesterday briefly and it reminded me of how the world sees uh, Christ Jesus uh, especially the Catholics now there's a movie called Gran Torino and it's done by Clint Eastwood and it's important the reason why I want to use this is because in that movie uh, the guy that uh, Clint Eastwood plays, I can't remember his name, it's irrelevant. Clint Eastwood is a very angry, controlling man in this movie. And he has a car called a Gran Torino, a beautiful American muscle car. So he's living on the street. He's got, I think, uh, Asian neighbors next door. Initially, he doesn't get on with them, but he does eventually. And as you watch the story unfold, he's a very arrogant, full-on Catholic. And he has this priest that comes around that tries to get him to um, repent of his sins. And once again, it's all religion. It's just, it's not a relationship with God. And as the story unfolds, at the end, he sacrifices himself um, for these neighbors because they've been ha harassed by gangsters. And, but just before he does this, he goes into the Catholic church. He says, Father, I need to confess my sins. Well, first of all, that priest you do not call father. Matthew 23, verse nine, the Lord says, you shall call no one on earth father except father, father in heaven. So you should call no priest, no man on earth, father. You see, this is another thing when I've confronted a Catholic priest or bishop, whatever. They say, I said, do you call your father? They say, yes. I say, why is it scripture says, why is it that, sorry, I've said to them, do I call you father? And they've gone, yes. And I've gone, but why is it then? Scripture says, I don't. In Matthew 23, verse 9. And they just, they just don't know what to say because they're religious. They're just, they're just religious people. They've got high qualifications in this world and they've been put there by people that are religious themselves in an unspiritual church. And that's a Catholic church, I'm afraid. You see, and as evangelists, I put all this out. And what is an evangelist? I am a Christian evangelist. I'm, I don't think I've ever explained this. So seven years ago when I came to Christ, the Lord called me to the faith. He came and got me. And through two pastors of two denomination churches, they both said, you're an evangelist. And my, my ministry is clearly an evangelist. I'm very direct and assertive and to the point, just like Paul the Apostle, I did not give, give myself this position. The Lord has, and my ministry proclaims that. So I'm always telling people, I point them to Christ, and I tell them to listen to Christ in the New Testament. Don't listen to a pastor. Don't listen to a bishop. Their job is to point you to Christ. And if you read your word, the Bible, then everything they say will be confirmed. Because if they say something out of tune and you've not read your Bible, then how do you know they're telling the truth? This is like, you know, so many people within the Christian faith are so deceived. You know, people believe that Mormons are Christians. They're not um, Christians. I've done a podcast on this. They're not Christians. What they believe is from the devil, you know, and I won't go into their detail now, but listen to my podcast. Jehovah's Witnesses are not Christians. They do not, they, they believe that they will pray for the dead that are already dead and they will be resurrected and they'll be saved. Well, that's not biblical. You die outside of Christ, you're in hell. That is it. Like I mentioned on this other episode, the first one, the Catholics believe in purgatory, which is a safety net above hell, that you go there to work off your bad deeds and you go to heaven. This is what the Mormons believe. This is what the Muslims believe. It's all pagan. And when you look at like, say, Easter, Easter is about the Greek goddess of fertility. 
right? It's got nothing to do with Jesus again, the resurrection. That was all incorporated. And when you start looking at the truth and the history, you start to realize that it's all one big lie. And I'm sorry to tell you, Catholics, that you've been lied to massively. Being baptized as a baby or what they call christened, that's not biblical. And that does not guarantee you passage to heaven. But unfortunately, people believe that you're not going to go to heaven. If you don't become born again of water and spirits, Jesus says, and that as an adult, repentant of your sins, sincerely to him, you will go to hell. Every Catholic in history and every Catholic now and in the future, if you're not born again of water and spirit, as Jesus says, you will go to hell. Just because you were christened as a baby means nothing. It's not even biblical. It's not even in the Holy Bible. Actually, where they got it from was in the Old Testament where the Messianic Lord Moses and the Ten Commandments on the eighth day, a baby boy had to be circumcised. That's where they got it from. They thought, well, we won't chop the skin off a boy's little um, uh, penis anymore. We'll just uh, we'll baptize children with water instead. And that brings them into the family. No, that brings you into the Catholic family. It doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't bring you into God's kingdom. Because if that was the case, Jesus would have covered all this, and he didn't. He made it very clear. Children, you know, children are children, right? And God loves them. And if that happens to a child or a baby, it goes straight to heaven. It's adults at the age of accountability that have to give an account for their lives. And that could be any age. I'm just now spectating. That could be speculating. That could be the age of eight. That could be the age of 12. It could be the age of 15. It's down to the individual child, you know? So christened is not biblical. All you're doing is being brought into the Catholic family right? Not the Christian family. Now, when you come to age as an adult and you give your life to God and you're baptized in water, which is full submersion as an adult, which is what, this is what Jesus did in the Lake of Galilee with John the Baptist at the beginning of John. This is what happened to Jesus. This is what he had to go through and he led by example. And this is what you have to do, right? And once you've done that, then the Holy Spirit will enter you and fill you with the Spirit. And trust me, when I had that, it was just amazing all the sadness, all the fears, all the PTSD, all the anxiety, all the worries in life just disappeared. I can't, all, the best way to describe it for you to understand, it's like looking at a laptop, right? And you, your brain is a, the modem, the, the motherboard, right? And you're far superior than any laptop, any computer in the world. But the point I want to make is that when a computer is, is corrupted, the only way to cleanse it and clean it is to remove that memory, to remove the motherboard and put a new one in. Well, that's what God does. He wipes your whole memory. He cleans you up. This is his whole point. That's what he does. When you're born again, you've got a new spirit living inside you. He sorts out your life. And trust me, I've spoken to lads that are soldiers, people that have done bad things. And when I've seen that, and they've been given life, even when I see Muslims and their eyes are opened and they realize they've been worshiping the devil, i.e. Allah, right, who's the devil, right? And they actually see that Jesus is a true living God. And they see that. You can see the happiness on their face that their eyes have been opened and they're so at peace that because it's a power of God. I spoke with a Muslim last weekend and it was like talking to a brick wall. He just doesn't understand. And in their idea, just keep asking, asking, asking for forgiveness. Yeah, but there needs to be an atonement for your sin. You can ask for it, but there needs to be an atonement. Christians have that. They don't. And their works and their prayers it's just not good enough. It's all in vain. It doesn't mean anything. You know, Jesus is the judge of the world and he will judge the universe and everything. He is going to judge every human being on this earth. But going back to the Catholics. So being baptized as a baby, I christened as a baby, not biblical. That's a waste of time. All you, all's happened to you is you've been brought into the Catholic family. That's it. Number two, you have to be born again as an adult. 
right? And once you're born again and feel the Spirit, I guarantee you won't be, want to be part of that Catholic Church. And if you are, you're going to have a different understanding. You just, you'll just get bored. If you're like me, you just get bored because you want the real deal. You want to be really around Christians that are spiritually filled, not religious people. And Catholics are very arrogant people, and I've met them. Very arrogant because apparently the Pope is on the same level as Jesus. He's not on the same level as Jesus. He's nowhere near it. Jesus was perfect. He's the Son of God who is God, right? A Pope isn't. He's a self-elected, corrupt church man, right, who himself is in serious trouble for the hypocrisies he's done. I'm not going to get into that now. But honestly, the church, the Catholic Church, is one of the most corrupt, most richest organizations in this world. You know, and I won't go into that now because that's very deep. But the point is, if you think by being a Catholic that you've got automatic guaranteed pass into heaven, then please, there's the Bible, show me where it says that. Because it doesn't. There's not one Catholic in the past, not one priest has ever shown me that, because it doesn't exist. A holy Bible is God's final authoritative word. That's what every Christian goes off. The Catholic Church has taken things out of the Holy Bible and made up their own version of it. Same with the Mormons, same with the Jehovah's, same with many other denominations around the world. But the Mormons and Jehovah's, like I've said, are not Christians, but they claim to be. And someone like me comes in and then I start pulling to pieces what they believe and how it contradicts what the Word of God says. Because the Word of God, that's Jesus, John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. That's Jesus. Jesus was in the beginning with the Father. When the father said, let's make them in our image. Who's the son? To, who's the father talking to? His son and the Holy Spirit. It's all there. But the only way you're going to know the truth is if you read the word of God. So now if you say, okay, and Steve, what book do you recommend? What book? When I say what book, what Bible do you recommend? What year? So in 1982, they took the King James Version and translated it into the New King James. So what have they done? All they've done is remove the these and thous from the old school English to the modern English, right? So they're taking the these and thous out. That's all they've done, right? Because it's like, you know, you go back 150 years ago, people, people in England spoke totally different to what they do now in 2024. That's all that's been changed. So my Bible is in 1982, and I recommend that you try and get a 1982 up to 2000 sort of Bible, then sort of like 18 years. Because then you know it's not been messed around with. And I will be honest, the modern ones, they've watered it down. But once again, if you want the truth, you're going to find it in his word, right? And I always say to people, read the New Testament, which is Matthew, and then on to Mark, Luke, and John, and then just read through to Revelation. This is extremely important stuff, guys, because if you are a Catholic and you think I'm wrong, that's fine. You can think I'm wrong. So then I'll show you, then I ask you, go to the Holy Bible and show me or show anyone that it says in there, being christened as a baby gets you into heaven. Number two, being a Catholic gets you into heaven, right? Number three, the Pope gets you into heaven. Where does it say this? Because Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus says, these are the things that must happen. And number one is, you must be born again of water and spirit. And that means as an adult, you acknowledge that you're a sinner to God. You need his help. You repent to him in the name of Jesus, the Father in the name of Jesus. And you want, and you say that with all your heart open, he will create an opportunity for you to be baptized in water. And when you're fully submerged in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, for remission of sin, and the gift of the Holy Spirit, from that point on, all of your past, from that point, is forgiven. And I said to this woman that I met, that I will baptize you in the sea, in the river, wherever you want, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
for the remission of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And from that point on, it's a clean slate. Everything you said and did, everything you've done is forgiven. Clean slate by the judge of the universe. He's the only one that can judge you righteously. That's what he is going to do. And then after that, you receive the Holy Spirit. And trust me, when you feel you've received the Holy Spirit, it's incredible. Right? That is what Jesus was talking about in John 3, 5. Right? And I pray in Jesus' name to all of you that listen to this, understand that. If you think, because you were born into a Catholic church, that you've gone there for 20 years, that you've been loyal to the Catholic church, not loyal to Jesus, you know, bowing to Mary or acknowledging Mary. I mean, this... This Hail Mary, when Hail Mary, they say, Hail Mary, um, you know, it's complete blasphemy. Nowhere is that in the Bible. Say all these Hail Marys. That is blasphemy. That is not even in the Holy Bible, in scriptures. It's Catholic created. The list of things I could pull out on the Catholic is ridiculous. So are Catholics Christians? Being born into the Catholic Church and being just a Catholic, no, you're not. But when you're baptised in water as an adult and you're born again, as Jesus says, and you remain in that church and you want to be part of the Catholic club, then yes, you're a Christian who's in the Catholic club. But that's it. That's the difference. And I need you to understand that. You know? And when you break all this down, people then start realising. I mean, the thing is, for me, if you really love Jesus and you really want to get to heaven, you're going to do what he says, right? You're not going to argue with me. You're not going to argue with his word because if you argue with him, you don't love him. And then you think that you can live. And this is the idea. This is what I've been shown. A lot of people on this earth that call themselves Catholics just do what they want, live in sin. And they think that, like in this movie at the end, when Kent Eastwood sort of went and confessed all of his sins to this priest. And this priest is saying, acting as the father, which is complete blasphemy in my eyes, right? Because no one can act as the father. That priest himself is sinful, right? This is what the relationship that you have. When you, when you confess your sins as a born-again believer, you go direct to God on your knees, in your bedroom, wherever, you're walking down the street, you do something wrong, you say something, you openly confess it there and then, Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm sorry for what I've just said, I'm sorry for thinking that. I repent, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And you mean that, he's, he basically, that's fine. And you'll know it in the spirit, move on. That, and that's what he wants, a real relationship with you. That priest in the church, in the movie, or any priest in the world, cannot act on your behalf, cannot take them sins. So then basically he goes and confesses it and then goes and gets himself killed. I guarantee you went to hell. Or right, it's just a movie. The point I want to make is in real life he would have gone to hell because he's not born again of water and spirit. Now there are situations like you look at a thief on the cross when Jesus was on the cross. That's a good example. So the thief on the cross next to him, there was two thieves, there was two criminals and he was obviously in the middle. Now, one of them said, Jesus does not deserve to be here, I do. And Jesus looked at him and said, today you will join me in paradise. Now that situation is quite unique because that guy probably never met Jesus, never even heard of him, or if he did hear of him, he knew straight away that he was an innocent man. He took responsibility and God looked at him and said, today you will join me in paradise. But by the way, some of you denominations out there, listen to what's being said. Today you will join me in paradise. Some denominations twist that and go, no, he's saying today, as in today, comma, you will join me in paradise at a later date. You know, that's the seven-day Adventist church. They believe that when you die, your body goes back to the ground, you sleep in the ground, and then when the Lord comes back to resurrect you, that's when you go up with him. No, you're missing the whole scripture. Escalastes 12, verse 7, 
makes it clear that the body goes back to the ground and the soul goes back to what the Father gave. So we go to heaven. The soul, you, go to heaven when you were asleep for the last time. Die, whatever you want to call it. So the thief on the cross, that was unique. And that's, yes, he's on the cross. He's just about to die, right? And God forgave him. But if you're going throughout your whole life and you know you're doing wrong and you're living in sin, don't you think God knows that? And then when you die, and you, you before you die, you repent in your on your deathbed in the hospital, you're not going to be forgiven, are you? So it's like, you know, it's like someone in the world, never heard of Jesus once. They're in their 20s or their 30s. They've never heard of God. They sinned all their lives, but they smash into a car. They're laying there pretty much nearly unconscious, bleeding to death, and they cry out to God because God reaches out their soul and they repent. God will forgive them because that situation's unique. But they haven't gone throughout their lives like most of you that you know you're living in sin. You know you lie, you slander, you blaspheme, you curse, you steal. The list goes on. But you don't care. And all the time the Lord is convicting you. And apparently you're one of these Catholics that believes you're going to go to heaven, right? No, I've got news for you, pal. You're not. Because a sincere born-again believer wouldn't do these things. You are going to make mistakes. When you're a born-again believer, you'll be more aware of your sin. You'll be more aware of what's going on around you. But the good thing is the Spirit will give you that peace to know, one, you're saved. And two, you're walking after him. You're going to make mistakes. And if you're sincere about that, you're going to turn around. You're going to cry. Father, I'm sorry for saying that. It's a genuine thing. And he forgives you because look at the relationship that's just been created between you and the heavens. It's amazing. That's a real thing. That's what it means to be born again. I don't think I covered half of this stuff in the first part of this, but now I'm doing it because on the way back, I just thought about this greatly. And that movie was a good example of how corrupt religion is. It's not a real relationship with God. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people within that church that are Christian. The Lord has shown me there was a there was a, a preacher, uh, like a priest, who was totally his, and he was put in that church to lead by example. Absolutely. There's a guy who was a, a Pakistani imam, sorry, a Muslim imam from Pakistan. Uh, he became a, a Catholic priest in Spain. And I said to the Lord, Lord, why have you done that? And the Lord said to me in the spirit, because he represents me in that church and he will be a good example of what a born again believer is so there you go there are real believers in the church on god's calling but if you think by being a catholic christian as a baby that automatically gets you to heaven you're very much mistaken and if you want to prove me wrong and make yourself feel right read the new testament not the catholic version the holy bible and God will speak direct to you in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you'll be convicted. You'll give your life to the Lord in the Spirit properly. You'll be baptized in water. You'll receive the Holy Spirit. And then there you go. And if you want to remain in that Catholic church, in that big club, you can do. That's between you and the Lord. He might have roles for you in there to be a teacher, to lead by example. That's not my business. But that's between you and him. But I thought I'd just get this out because after meeting this woman on the weekend and I pray in the name of Jesus that she has a successful walk with him, that she comes to the Lord in the right time because of whatever was spoken through me from the Lord brought a lot of peace to her. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. And it really encouraged me to make this podcast because it's important to understand that this world is getting more and more corrupt. I mean, just sort of deviating slightly, the UK now, government, are preparing to go to war with Russia. What I don't understand is, hasn't humanity learned from the First and Second World War? Millions of people dead. No, they haven't. Do you know why? It will never learn. It's never learned throughout the ages because we're fallen. 
Money, 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 greed, greed, greed. You know, that's the fall of man. And nothing will ever be corrected, ever be better and perfect until my Lord Jesus comes back on a second return. And that's not going to be far off. The point is humans are corrupt. They're fallen. The UK government is corrupt and fallen. And all they care about is money. All they care about is conquering and killing and, you know, raping countries. And that's the fall of man. People climbing over each other in society uh, with vanity and greed. Why? Because you think you're better. That's the ethos. And as a believer, and Catholics are fantastic at doing that. I've seen them. All they care about is money and their selves, right? Jesus spoke about this in the New Testament, about giving to the poor and about denying yourself and picking up your cross and follow him. Jesus says that, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. And that could be used in any situation. This is what, I'm not going to tell you what that is. Read the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and listen to what Jesus says. And if you don't understand something, just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I don't understand this passage, Lord. And if you're not here, just say that. And if you're sincerely seeking him, right, the Lord will send someone like me in to speak to you, right? And you'll be on that path towards him. And that's what I want. And I want everyone saved. You know, the truth is most people won't be saved because of their hearts. But I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, for the people that listen to this, if they're Catholics, to understand that being a Catholic alone is not enough, that they must be born again of water and spirits, it says in John 3, 5. John chapter, John chapter 3, verse 5 in the New Testament. I pray that they listen to you, Jesus, and do what you say. And everything else that's said in the world through religion and everything else is second. Because everything you say, Jesus, in your word is priority. And I pray for those who listen to this to have a real relationship with you, to walk after you, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. That it's only you, Jesus, that sets the standards. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, as you proclaim that you are the Lord. John 2.19, John 8.58 and many others. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. I love you, Father. Amen. God bless you all. And I pray that all of you will receive this and listen to Jesus in the New Testament. God bless you all. Bye. Good morning, my brothers and sisters in the faith. And good morning to those in the world that are not of the faith of Christ. So I've done two parts regarding this, um, are Catholics Christians? And the first two uh, were obviously done. But the third one, which is going to be part three, which is the first time I've ever done a part three, just things that Lord asked me to add in more detail regarding sort of baby baptisms, where they get the Hail Marys from, you know, etc., etc. The things that they really believe um, and which don't match up to Holy Scriptures. So the Catholic Church gets all their information from the Holy Bible, right? That's what that church is based on, the Holy Bible. They have their own version of it, which is like the Catholic version of the Bible, which is not biblical and it's completely irrelevant. You might as well use it as toilet paper. That's all it's worth. I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even entertain it because if you want to learn from God, he can teach you directly. I don't see the point why anyone needs to teach you, right? You have teachers out there and teaching is one of the, the callings that the Lord calls you to. Um, but your main teaching comes from the Lord himself. So, you know, for someone to come around and say, listen, we have a book that's equal to the Bible. No, you don't. It's like the Pharisees, um, here we go, let's, let's go back into history a bit. So you've got the Pharisees before Jesus, and they used to run um, the synagogues with the Messianic law of Moses, um, the Ten Commandment law through Moses. 
And there's 10 commandments there that God put into place to protect us from each other, to keep us right with the law with each other, right? But then the Pharisees came along and made 600 plus more laws added on top, which put the people in burden, right? It actually became so complicated. This is why God had to become flesh, i.e. Jesus, and walk on this earth and end it once and for all on that cross. The law, in a sense, even though the law, the Ten Commandment law is still in us through Jesus' great, two great commandments um, in the New Testament, in Matthew. Um, the first one is, love me with all your heart, soul, and might. And the second one is, love your neighbor as yourself, which holds all the Ten Commandments and the prophets together. So by keeping Jesus, you keep the Ten Commandments automatically. So the Pharisees created 600 more laws plus um, especially like on the Sabbath, where if you were to, in a, basically on the Sabbath, if you were to turn a switch on on the wall, that was classed as working. You're breaking the Sabbath. You could be stoned to death for that. If you were caught walking down the street, dragging your um, stick, if you're an old person, through the sand or the gravel or whatever, that'd be classed as plowing. You're working. You could be stoned for that. It got stupid. This is how complex man is. And how stupid man becomes. This is why God had to end it on the cross. Because it was becoming too much. And even today the Jews are still keeping these other 600 plus laws. Created by man. Not created by God. You see. And the Catholic Church in itself is very similar. It has its own ways and its own laws in a sense within the church. That you are part of that Catholic Church. You must do this. You must do that. You must adhere to this. You must adhere to that. No you don't. Right, You adhere to what Jesus says in the New Testament, what Jesus says in his Ten Commandments, in him. You listen to Jesus from Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, all the way through the Revelation. You just listen to Jesus and ask and you just do what he tells you to do. You don't listen to mankind. My job as an evangelist is to point you to Christ. My job is to point you to Jesus. That is it. Jesus Christ is the one I point you to and you listen to him. That's it. So the Lord asked me to put this in before I carry on with this regarding Catholic beliefs. If you are wondering by what authority I come by, my Lord Jesus has asked me to make this clear to all, that I, Stephen Prentice, come by the authority of Jesus Christ, the Lord of all, the Alpha, the Omega, and the beginning and the end, as his evangelist, chosen by he who is God, when I got saved over the eight years ago. So if you're wondering by what authority, well, I'll come by him, and I answer to him, and I'm empowered by him, and so on. So the Catholic beliefs, uh, number one here, which would be number two of the Ten Commandments. You shall not make unto thee any graven images. Now in the Catholic Church, what do you see? Pictures of Jesus, well, so-called Jesus, which that's not him anyway. Pictures of Jesus everywhere. Pictures of Mary, statues of Mary, graven images, you name it, they got the whole lot. So they clearly missed the point of what Jesus was talking about, what God was talking about in the second commandment of the Ten Commandments. Because he wants you to worship him in the spirit, not in the physical, not to bow down to a statue. You don't bow to Mary anyway, but the point is you're not to bow down to pictures and the physical of the world. He's trying to get you to focus on the spiritual. This is why Jesus come, because the Pharisees were becoming too crazy with that. They were just getting too involved with the law and being legalistic and everything like I've mentioned. So the Catholics clearly missed this or didn't pay attention to it or just ignored it. But it's going against God and what he wants of you in the New Testament. 
It's going against Jesus. It's telling you to worship him in the spirit, to focus in the spirit, to pray in the spirit, to think of the spiritual world. Jesus said, you are from this world, but you're not of the world anymore. You're children of the most high. Your soul goes back to heaven if you're with Jesus. If you're not, it goes to hell, a prison, right? The physical, the flesh is not important. You know, when it talks about the church in the New Testament, the church is the body of Christ. It's not a physical building. So they've missed this as well. It's not a structure. The body of Christ is the built is the people in the faith. And so what they meet in they can meet in a caravan and worship the Lord. They can meet in a in a tomb and worship the Lord. They can meet in a massive minibus, a coach, and praise and worship the Lord in there and sing hymns in there. It doesn't matter. It's all about being a part of the family. And yes, the Catholic Church is a big family, but they, what they're doing is they're making it legalistic, like they did with the Pharisees before Jesus in synagogues. This is where the relationship for God got taken away and put into religion, right? That's why the Catholic Church is a massive religious organization. So, like I said, um, for example, it says, it, you shall not make no graven images. The Ten Commandments that are in Jesus, his two great commandments in the New Testament, Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. That's why Jesus talks about you know, the Ten Commandments and the prophets are in me. Read that. So it says, you shall have no graven images of me, i.e. the pictures, figures, something the Catholics clearly miss at the point of, um, because it's a spiritual walk, not a physical walk. So in a sense, they disobey God by doing that. Number two, I've covered baby to baptisms already, and this is important because people struggle with this. Baptism is also tied to other covenants. Now, what they're about, what I'm about to read here is what the Catholics say about baptism. So this part here, which includes children such as a Noatic covenant, 1 Peter 3, 20 to 21, doesn't make any sense. I read that scripture, don't know what they're talking about, because when you read it, it's got nothing to do with babies or baby baptisms, the Davidic covenant, Acts 2, and the Mosaic covenant, Hebrews 10, 22, in context of Hebrews 9, 10. Now, some of that talks about water purity, but they've taken it out of context again and thought, well, we'll just put water over a baby and it makes them, it makes them clean. No, it doesn't. Where does it say this in the New Testament, in the Holy Scriptures? It's Catholic creation again. Um, in the New Testament, it's very clear. Children are members of the covenant, and here's to the covenant of promise. And the baptism is a sign of being admitted to the covenant. No, it's not. Where does it say that in the Holy Testament? In the Holy Bible? In the New Testament? It doesn't. Once again, Catholic creation. Jesus doesn't even say this. Neither did the apostles. Um, I put it, however, it's not a baptism by the person's free will. This is what I put. Because a baby is not responsible for future sins. If a baby dies or a young child dies, they go straight to heaven. God is a God of love. He's not a tyrant. They're not responsible, right? It's later on what Jesus was talking about in John 3, 5, that you must be born again of water and spirit. He's talking to adults. This is the free will choice. You're a sinner. You need to repent of your sin and you need to be baptized in water and then the Holy Spirit will enter you and not before, right? That's your free will and your choice. And I've met so many people that don't want to do that. They want all the blessings. They want all the love, but they're not prepared to repent of their sin. They will go to hell. Simple as that. Um, and the Holy Bible makes clear you have a free will to choose. Hence, Jesus speaking in John 3, 5, that you must be born again of water and spirit. An example of free will is the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18, verses 21 to 35, and many more examples in the Bible I could give. You've got, you have free will. 
without a doubt. Jesus says continuously in the New Testament, follow me, follow me, follow me. You don't have to, but he's telling you to follow him because he wants a savior. He wants you. Jesus says in Matthew 24, 13, those who endure to the end will be saved. In other words, if you don't endure, you're not going to be saved, right? That's an act of free will. There's so many others that I could pop up with, but I'm not going to. A child does not have the ability to take responsibility into a certain age. Therefore, if a child dies before that, he or she goes to heaven. It's the age of accountability in which one is responsible. The Catholic Church has this completely wrong and mess misses the point of which Jesus is talking about in John 3, 5. Like I said, being born again, the water and spirit is a throw out. You as an adult, you know you're wrong. I'm just making an example here. I'll say to someone, you know you're wrong. You know you've lied, you've blasphemed, you've cursed, you've fornicated, you've stolen. All these things you've done in your life, throughout your life. You know you're guilty of it. You need to be cleansed of it and forgiven of it. So you need to repent of your sins to Jesus. You need to say, Jesus, Father, in the name of Jesus, please, Lord, help me. I repent of all my sin. I don't want to go to hell. Please, would you save me? He then will bring someone in like me, an evangelist or a pastor or a preacher, to baptize you. You need to, number one, acknowledge you're a sinner. Two, you need to acknowledge you need to say, want to be said, you need, sorry, you need to acknowledge that you're wrong in your life and you need help. You need to, number two, acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior to reign in your life forever. You need to be saved of your sins. Number four, you need to be baptized in water, right? Once all that is done, you're baptized in water, right? And then after you're baptized by someone, then the Holy Spirit can enter you and not before. Number three, Mary, the mother of God, right? Catholics say scripture through an angel reveals that Mary was sinless where she, scripture doesn't, does it's, so I've said, where is in scripture, does it say Mary was sinless? It doesn't. Nowhere in the Holy Bible does it say that Mary was sinless and perfect and divine. Not once. They take things out of context. Mary herself said, which I'm going to cover in Luke 1, verses 44 to 47, I need a saviour. So she needs a saviour and she can't be perfect then, can she? You throw that at them, they don't like it. The Catholics say Mary is full of grace. Well, see, Mary is the most excellent fruit of redemption. That's Catholic opinion again. From the first instance of her conception, she was totally preserved from the stain of original sin. Potentially, but she's not perfect. Right? When I say potentially, she was chosen by the Lord to bear Jesus as a baby, yes, but she was still sinful. She was still fallen. Right? She had to be. That's the whole point. Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh. God came into Mary and bore a child, Jesus, right? But she was sinful and so was Joseph. There's a whole point to this. So I put here, where does it say this in the Holy Scriptures of what I've just read? It doesn't. And she remained pure from all personal sin through her life. No, she didn't. Where does it say this in the Holy Scriptures? It doesn't. Mary was nothing but a vessel to bring God into the world in the likeness of flesh. That's what Mary's role was. And if Mary was here, she'd say, don't worship me. I'm the same as everyone else here. Jesus makes this very clear, actually, when he's at the um, event where he turns um, water into wine. Hail Mary, Luke 1, verses 26 to 28, not, says nothing about Hail Mary. So Hail Mary, nowhere in Scripture does it say this. And they say that Gabriel said this as he approached Mary. No, he didn't. He doesn't say it in the King James Version, doesn't say it in the New King James Version, doesn't say it in Greek. It says it in the Catholic Version because it's their creation once again. Um, another Catholic creation, not Christian, 
In Luke 1, verses 44 to 47, Mary said, I need a saviour. So where is she perfect? Right? Then she can't be sinless or perfect. This was written by the Apostle Luke way before the Catholic Church even came about taking on Christianity. Jesus said, who is my family? Those who do the will of my father. How did Jesus himself speak to his own mother? In John 2 verses 1 to 4. Jesus turns water into wine. But what's important is how he replied to his own mother in response to her speaking him, her son, as follows in verse 4. Just go and read that. I'm not going to read it out to you, but it's how he says it. He proclaims himself above her. He says, woman, and then he starts speaking. So he's addressing his own mother the same as anyone else in that congregation because he is God. She is not. If she was God or the mother of God, right, that she proclaims to be through the Catholics, then he would have treated that equally. He didn't. He is God. He is above everything in this universe. He is number one. And he treats her the same as everyone else. If you can't see that, then people are just deceived. That's the end of it. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? That's what she said. That's what I put down. My hour has not yet come. He's making it clear he is above her. He is above everyone because he is God and she is not perfect. Holy or divine. Clearly stated in Luke 1 verses 44 to 47 when she said, I need a saviour. So I thought I didn't write that down, but I have covered it. So listen to what he's saying. Jesus is God. Mary is not the mother of God. She is the mother of Jesus, the flesh. But God dwells in that flesh who Jesus is God, right? So you've got to try and see that for what it is. Mary was a vessel. I know that sounds a bit crude, like I'm pushing her to one side. I'm not. What I'm saying to you is she is not above the apostles. She is not above anybody. She was a vessel used to bring God into the world in the likeness of flesh. Jesus. Jesus is God. John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. You know, so you just need to get an understanding of that. And when you read scripture, God explains all this. The thing with the Catholic Church, like any organization like that, they have their own set of rules and ideas around the Bible. Another example I could use is the Mormons. They say they're Christians, they're far from it. There are Catholics that are Christians, Mormons are not Christians. Game over. They believe they're going to become like gods, right? This is a complete deception. And this is what Satan said to Eve in Genesis 2. This is what Satan said to Eve in the garden. If you eat the fruit, your eyes will be opened, you'll become like God. This is what they believe. I'm not going to get into that. But this is the deception they have. And inside their churches, they have all these rules and legislation and legalism that you must adhere to. No, you adhere to what God says in the Bible. You know, if you want to be part of the Catholic Church, you've got to go by their rules. I understand that. And it's like any church. But once you start having a real relationship with God, you're not going to. You will walk away. Because they don't have a real relationship. Some In the past they did in some respects. The Lord has told me that. There has been priests and high priests. And may potentially a Pope. That has been totally genuine. But this was many many years ago. Probably over 100, 200, 300 years ago. Not anymore. Not, certainly not in modern times. So moving on. Number four. Pope. Head of the church. The same level as Jesus. He's not. Which is not true. Just another Catholic creation. Jesus is the head of the church. Ephesians 1 verses 22 to 23. The Pope is but a man placed in a position by men in a corrupt organization who betrays God in many ways adhering to the ways of the earth instead of God's standards that never change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Hebrews 13, 8.
Number six, Christmas, a pagan tradition. Jesus was born September, October time during the Feast of Tabernacles in Israel. Nothing, not in December, a pagan feast man-made, full of filth and iniquity. If you look at the history, if you actually go on YouTube and there's a guy called David Pawson, he was a, a really good Bible teacher. He's old school English, he was born in the 50s, I think, you know, or 40s. Um, a bit like a guy called Derek Prince, uh, old school Derek Prince was saved during the Second World War, a professor of professors, fantastic Bible teacher. If you like old school teaching, Derek Prince, type him in YouTube, really good teacher. Um, David Pawson is saying, now David Pawson did a video called Christ and Christmas. So if you type into YouTube, David Pawson, D-A-V-I-D, Pawson, P-A-W-S-O-N, David Pawson, Christ and Christmas, there's about three parts to it. And each one, I think, is about 30 or 40 minutes. I can't remember. And when you listen to him tell you the truth from the biblical history and the real history, from the beginning to the end, you're going to be convicted and you're going to have to make a choice. That's all I'm going to say. Um, again, Easter, a pagan holiday, which is, the, in, is in the Greek, which is the Greek goddess of fertility, nothing to do with the resurrection of Christ. Catholic creation, they brought Jesus into it. Look this up yourself. Uh, I think, yeah, number seven now. Uh, the 12 apostles. Judas is in hell, as scripture says. Paul fulfilled the empty position, which became the 12. However, the Catholics add more saints and more apostles. But how do they know they are saints to begin with? Who says? So the Pope and all these people say all these, you know, I walked past a school the other day and it was St. Joseph, St. Joseph's um, school, right? St. Joseph. But where does it say that in the Bible? Where does it say St. Michael or St. Um, Stephen? You know, I mean, Stephen was the first um, martyr for Christ. So yeah, you could call him a saint, but he's in the Bible. But there's all these different saints they make up. There's loads of them. Right, made up by man. How do you know that this person was a saint? How do you know this person's in heaven? I've said to people, like I've said to a, a priest once, who was going to um, um, bury someone at a funeral. Right, he was going to say some words. I said, "Do not say this person's in heaven. Do not say this person was saved. You don't know this. Just because they proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord in Matthew twenty-five, Jesus makes it very clear he will separate the true from the false." So if you're proclaiming this person's in heaven and then you die and you go to heaven if you get there and Jesus says, why did you say this person's in heaven? You didn't know this. I didn't tell you. This person's actually in hell waiting for judgment. Oh, yeah. You're basically putting words in his mouth. You've got no right. I've got no right and you've got no right to say that X, Y and Z are in heaven. You have to go around it and ask the Lord to give you the right words to say. That's what any priest should do is seek the Lord's advice and the right words to say from the Lord, from scripture, not your own. This is extremely important. This is, I'm talking now to people that are potentially in authority or someone, you know someone who is. They cannot say these things. The relationship is between you and the Lord. And if you get there at the end, like Jesus says, if you endure, you will be saved. You will make it in Matthew 24, 13. You've got to take scripture into context. There was a guy online who claims to be a pastor and I went after him yesterday online because the things he was saying that Jesus God loves everyone regardless if you're saved or not well that's not true because if you go to the Old Testament in Psalms 5 and Psalms 11 God hates sinners workers of iniquity workers of iniquity are sinners he hates them yes on the cross and John three sixteen, for God so loved the world 
listen to what it says in Greek translation, which is when it first got made, and in the New Testament. For God so loved the world. So at that point on the cross, God loved the world. It's like me saying, I loved that girl I used to know. I don't love her anymore. I wouldn't say that. Probably, probably work, um, a wrong way to uh, use an analogy. Um, I loved that motorbike. Meaning that I loved it when I had it. I don't love it anymore. It's gone. That's what God is saying. He loved the world at that time on the cross. Not before and certainly not after. Because I've got a Christian brother who the Lord said through him, I don't have to save anyone of this generation. He doesn't love you then, does he? You know, you've got to take things into context. And that's the problem with people. They don't take things into context. They look at one scripture in the Bible. Oh, that means everything. No, read the previous chapter and the one after and you get a bigger picture. Right? You read the whole New Testament. It's very clear. God has done everything on the cross. He's asked you to repent. If you don't repent of your sin, no church, no man like the Pope, no organization is going to save you from the wrath of God and the lake of fire. You repent of your sin and become born again of water and spirit. You will go to heaven if you remain in Jesus. If you remain in Jesus. If you don't, you go to hell and in the lake of fire. It's very serious stuff. People can walk away from this faith quite easily. But there are those who are sealed in him. And that's very clear. And that's Revelations 14. If you read that, the two harvests, there are those who are sealed in him and they belong to him. That's the end of it. But there are those that are not. The majority of Christians right now on this earth in 2024 are going to hell because they don't have a relationship with God. They don't walk after him sincerely. The ones I would say that are in the world that are saved are going to be in countries like China and India because these people are severely persecuted and they know what faith is. They know what it is to follow a true living God because they don't have anything. I was told by a brother that if you're, in, if you're an Indian in India in say a Muslim area and you're a Christian, they'll stop you from using the well. They'll stop your food supply. They will literally persecute you left, right and center. He potentially beat you up and kill you, right? These people have a real relationship. These people know what it is to be persecuted. People in the West do not know what it is to be persecuted. And that's just reality. So I'm going to leave it there. And I thought I'd do that because the Lord asked me to do it in more detail you think i'm wrong go and look it up yourself this is the reality what i said about christ in um, christmas with david borson really good teaching listen to that if you want another truth if you really love jesus you're going to listen to it if you don't you won't bother right because there's loads of people out there that wear the t-shirt of christianity i'm a christian but deep inside they're not and god knows that he knows who he is and he knows who are not and they all the ones are not is they will go to the lake of fire and the bible says on that day there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That means you'll be screaming and begging for God to forgive you. And he cannot because he's holy and perfect. You had your chance on this earth, in this flesh. You're walking on this earth in sin. You had enough chance to repent. But you didn't. You died. Your soul goes to hell to a prison. You're held there till judgment day. And then in judgment day, it's a very bad day for you. You're found guilty. Your life is... Imagine having all of your life, all the filth that you've done, all the lies, the slander, the gossiping, all the hidden things that you've done in your life exposed. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. And then he's justified to throw you in the lake of fire. And you're forgotten. It talks about in Revelation, the second death. You are forgotten. So just imagine this. You're in a place where you can't get out and all the people in heaven, in the universe, have forgotten about you. Right? You're forgotten. You're just, like, you're just there. You're forgotten in a place you can never get out of. But you don't die because you can't. It's not just for God to allow you to die. 
right, that you don't exist. You have to suffer for your crimes. You have walked and lived with Satan. You have done evil things. I mean, I'll give you an example, which was something yesterday that came across me. There's a, a place where I'm trying to deal with something, and the person behind the phone lied to me straight away. They said, oh, yeah, this person's out the back. He can't speak to you. I heard this voice in the background. Now, you say she never did anything in her whole life wrong, right? And then God pulls her up for that. So he says, you lied. You deliberately lied. You know you lied, right? And you're walking with Satan. Off you go. You can't come in. That's how holy God is. And it gives me great peace to know that everyone on this earth, every corrupt person in the British government, American government, in the world, on my street, everywhere, is going to answer to my Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to pray. Father, Lord, I pray for the people that listen to this, Lord, the Catholics that listen to this, Lord, I pray that they get convicted by you, that they seek you out, Father, to have a real relationship with you, Lord, in Christ, to be born again of water and spirit as adults, as you command, Lord, in John 3, Father, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name for the Catholics to see this, to see the truth through you, Father, to be baptized in water, to be saved, and I'll see them at the end, Lord, and I pray for all of those out there, Lord, that are not saved, that they listen to this. And realise that they are going to be convicted. They are going to be judged. They are going to answer as we all are. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. God bless you all. Bye.